The message you're about to listen to is by Reverend Dr. Femi Olaleye of Oikea Christian Center. Remain blessed as you listen. Praise God. Praise God. All right, so I'm going to be bringing to you a very simple message today. A very, very simple message. And it's the message of God's gift. Praise God. So um, I remember one time I was... Someone saw the flyer concerning this service. I was like, oh, you churches again. You're probably coming to Lekki because the richest people live in Lekki and you're coming to get their money. I always wonder why people think that. I, I don't think any wise thinking person would do church and serve God for money. I don't serve God for money. I serve God because, you know, I understand the gospel of Jesus and because I understand that if any man leaves this earth without receiving Jesus, without receiving eternal life, there are eternal consequences. Praise God. Now, turn your Bibles to me, St. John's Gospel, chapter number 3. God's great gifts. John, chapter number 3, and verse 15 into 16. Can we read one, two, go? It says what? Amen. I open your Bible, so. Are you ready? John three sixteen. can we read one, two, go? It says what? Yes. Yes. Hey. Now, start from verse 15. It says what? That whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have what? Eternal life. It now says, for God so loved the world. This is a message Jesus preached to uh, Nicodemus. Remember Nicodemus that came by night. So if you read St. John's Gospel chapter 3, and you start from verse 1, you find out that it was a message preached by Jesus to Nicodemus. So he says that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have what? Everlasting life. Jesus repeats the same thing. He now says in verse um, 17, everybody read one, two, go. He says what? For God sent not his son into the world to do what? Ah, but that the world through him might be what? Which means Jesus didn't come to condemn you. So any message that is, pre, uh, that is filled predominantly with condemnation is not the gospel. It says, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have what? Everlasting life. There's so much to unpack in that one verse. Number one, it shows us that God loves the world. Now, when he says God so loved the world, he's not talking about the trees. He's not talking about the mountains. He's saying God loves the world of sinners. Hallelujah. God loved the world of sinners. If you're a sinner, all right, congratulations. God loves you. Hallelujah. But the love of God does not leave sinners as sinners. Glory to God. He says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life, have eternal life. So that means the love of God, glory to God, gave Jesus, and the reception of Jesus brings eternal life. Glory to Jesus. I said glory to God. Now, turn to Romans chapter number 6. And verse 23. I want you to know today that no person, no one is going to go to hell because of their sins. 
Men go to hell because they reject Jesus. Praise God. God loved the world. He doesn't condemn the world. God loves the world. Many people have a wrong idea of who God is. You have a lot of folks who actually think that God is this death-hungry, this punishment-hungry person who relishes in sending people to hell. That's not God. When you look at the cross of Jesus Christ, the cross of Jesus is the perfect picture of God. You can see that it is actually God chasing after man, trying to bring man into fellowship with him. It is not men chasing after God. Look at Romans chapter number 6. All right, what did I say should open? Romans chapter number what? Amen. Romans 6. Romans 6 and verse 23. Now, Everybody read, one, two, go. He says what? For the wages of sin is what? Is what? Death. But what? The gift of God is what? Eternal life through what? Christ Jesus. Now notice, he says the wages of sin. Now, I'm not even know what a wage is. It's salary, right? Salary. So that means the wages of sin is death. So death is the salary paid for sin. Correct? So that means if death is a salary paid for sin, it means that, all right, there is work done. All right, there's activity. And as a result of that activity, death is the incremental payment monthly that you get. Now, let me define death for you. Write this down. Death is not the cessation of life. Death is not the cessation of life. Death means separation. Now, there are three types of death shown in the Bible. You have, number one, so I'll explain what I mean when I say death is separation and not the cessation of life. For example, when somebody dies, what has happened is not that the person ceases to exist. What has actually happened is that that person's spirit is separated from their body. That's what happens. Praise God. I said praise God. There are three types of death shown to us in the Bible. We have, number one, physical death. Physical death is the separation of your spirit from your body. That's what physical death is. James chapter 2, 26 says, For as the body without the spirit is dead. So the body without the spirit is dead. So what physical death is the body without the spirit. So the spirit is in existence and alive, but outside of the body. So the spirit man is separated from the body. That is physical death. Now what is spiritual death? Spiritual death is separation. That is the separation of the spirit of a man from the spirit of God. That's where all unbelievers are. Anyone who has not believed in Jesus is separated from the Spirit of God because he has not yet been born of the Spirit of God. Then you now have eternal death. Eternal death is the separation of man from God forever. The man that dies without believing the gospel, all right, is eternally separated from God forever. Praise God. Hebrews 9, 27 said, For it is appointed unto man once to die, and after that is what? Is judgment. So after a man dies, he has made his decision about what he's going to do about life. I'm going to explain to you, I hope I have time, 
all right, th things like what happened in the garden, certain fundamental things that many folks actually have believed since they were child um, children from scriptures because they read certain things in my book of Bible story. I don't know if you remember my book of Bible story, all right. For example, some folks grew up believing that Adam fell because he ate apple. How many of you have heard that stuff before? That because Adam ate an apple, he fell. So you have, people, you have people saying, hey, now wow, now Apollo, it's Apple that finished Adamo, it's Apple that finished Abacha, be careful of Apple, you know, and things like that. But we're going to see from scripture what actually happened. Amen. Amen. Now, let me warn you about this church, Oikea Christian Center. Let me tell you what we do here. We teach people the word. Glory to God. We believe in prosperity, but we don't make our services about prosperity. And in this church, we cast out devils, but we don't do fall down and die. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So, all right, we don't kill our enemies, but our enemies cannot kill us. Are you hearing what I'm saying? All right. We pepper our enemies with love. Glory to God. Because Jesus said, love your what? Enemies and do good to them that what? That persecute you. Witches cannot kill us. We kill witches. Let me tell you how we kill witches. We get them born again. Glory to God. Because if a witch gets born again, he's dead. He's no longer a witch. He's not a child of God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Come on, talk to me now. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Yeah. Glory to God. We don't do deliverance for people. We have been delivered. All right? Because the Bible says we have been translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. Now, we are not ignorant of demonic oppression. And when we find there is a demonic oppression, we cast it out. Praise God. So don't think we, we understand demonic oppression. By the grace of God, I've been casting out devils for the past 20 years. All right? Different kinds of devils. Whether it's demonic possession or, or demonic oppression or anything. Oh, we cast it out. And I like it. It's fun. In fact, the moment I find out that somebody is demonic, dem has demons or witchcraft, or that, I get excited in my spirit. And I'm not boasting here. You know, some of you have been here for a while, so you know. I love it. Why? Because you see, you know, it is beautiful. You know, when God has given you something, you want to try it out. How many of you understand what I'm talking about? You want to use it. Glory to God. I'll give an example. We had one experience like this. A particular man was met by our evangelism team, all right, some weeks ago. Now, this guy, all right, he's born again now, he's filled with the Holy Ghost now, all right, but then when we met him, he was actually someone that was given to, uh, what do you call it, sorcery, you know, all right, sorcery, and he was someone that was um, learning this uh, Ifa, I don't know if you know what Ifa, you know this Ifa stuff, Yoruba, you know, Ifa, he was given to that. Now, if you know what Ifa is, and if you understand um, um, what occurs, you know, in the occultic world or in that, that, that space, you have sorcery, you have witchcraft. Sorcery is intelligence. It's actually the intelligent department of that stuff. So just like a priest has knowledge, the Ifa guy has knowledge concerning, you know, and things like that. So he used to hear voices that would tell him, do this, do this, and things like that. So they, they got him saved, and they brought him that, oh, pastor, we want you to speak with this, this guy. So the guy came to my office and sat down. And we're talking, and all of a sudden, that spirit that I wanted to start manifesting. You understand? So we just cast it out. And that's one thing that you have in Christ. You have authority over devils. Say this with me. I have authority over devils. I am not afraid of the devil. For Jesus has given me authority over devils. Now, over the next services, I'll be teaching you how to do it. 
I'll be teaching you because you have to learn. There is a training in ministry. There is a training in the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Now, where did I say she open? Romans 6, 20. That's where I am, right? All right. So I said the wages of sin is death. So that means where sin is, work, works, and performance is at the foundation. So Paul uses wages because you only pay wages to a man who is working. But he now says, he says, but the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is what? Eternal life through what? Christ Jesus. Now, what I want you to see there is that eternal life is a gift. Salvation is a gift. God is not saying to you, for you to be with me, you need to do this, you need to do this, you need to do this, you need to do this. No. That's not what he's saying. He's saying, listen, I have made available a free gift to you. I have made available a gift to you. You don't have to work for it. You don't have to pay, all right, for it. I have given it to you. So he says the gift of God is eternal life. Everybody say the gift of God. The gift of God. It is a gift. Praise God. It is a gift. So when Jesus came, Jesus came as the gift of eternal life. That all men who receive him, all right, or who believe in him would receive. Hallelujah. And now, that eternal life that he gives to you does something for you. Number one, he gives you forgiveness of sins. Turn your Bible to Ephesians chapter number one. Forgiveness of sins. So, if you believe in Jesus, or if you have believed in Jesus, you have received the gift of God. And that gift is free. What that gift gives you is forgiveness of sins. Now, look at Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 17. Can we read? What does it say? One, two, go. It says what? Ah, wait, 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 wait. Calm down. Which kind of reading is that one now? Ah, calm down. Are we ready? Ephesians 1. 17. What does it say? One, two, go. Oh, okay. Okay. I'm the one that's fought. I gave you the wrong scripture. Ephesians 1 7. Ephesians 1 7. Now, what does it say? It says, In whom we have what? We have what? Now, notice, did it say, In whom we will have redemption? It says, In whom we what? So it's telling you what we have. So that means it is something that you have now. So it says, in whom we have what? Redemption. Uh-huh. Through his what? The what? Forgiveness of sins according to the what? So what has happened is this. God, because Jesus died on the cross, amen, I said, anyone that believes in Jesus, I will give that person forgiveness of sins. So, forgiveness of sins is one major thing we have received in Christ. What that means is powerful. When the Bible says that you have forgiveness of sins as a gift, it means that God is saying, all of your sins I have forgiven. Hallelujah. I will not hold your sins against you. Look at Romans chapter number 4. Romans chapter 4. 
I will not hold your sins against you. Praise God. If you're sick in your body, you are healed right now. In the name of Jesus. The symptoms are gone. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 I said hallelujah. 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 Praise God. The Lord is healing someone of, um, it looks like um, ulcer, but I think it's like a chest bone. It's like a peppery sensation that goes into your chest, like reflux. You are being healed right now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Hmm. Amen. There's this other one, Lord is showing me he's healing someone, but I don't know, it's, I don't, I, I, I'm trying to be careful how I say it. Praise God. But Lord is healing a young man, and he's healing you in the reproductive area. All right, you are he being healed. Because I see someone who is concerned, ah, I don't think I'm okay. I don't want to be very detailed, all right, about this. I'm just saying it. Praise God. And this person I'm seeing is not married. So, but Lord has healed you. Hallelujah. You are healed. Amen. Test it in marriage, Joe. Praise God. <laughs> well, you are healed. <laughs> Praise God. All right. Romans chapter number four. Are you ready? Are you ready? Say out loud. Salvation. salvation. Louder. Salvation. salvation. It's a free gift. It's a free gift. I, didn't I didn't work for it. Jesus paid the price and handed it to me as a free gift. Is this clear? Is this clear? Free. So I'm not better than you as regards salvation. My salvation is not better than you. We receive the same salvation. Hallelujah. Because the same salvation Jesus gave me is the same salvation Jesus gave you. Are you paying attention? Are you paying attention? And the consequence and implication of that salvation is you have forgiveness of sins. Now, I want to show you something now. Look at Romans 4. I want you to listen and pay attention. Amen. It says from verse 1, pay attention. It says, what shall we say then that Abraham our father had pertained to the flesh had found? He says, for if Abraham were justified by works, he had wherefore to glory. So that means if a man is saying if Abraham was justified by works, then Abraham can glory. Abraham can boast. You know these folks that say, oh, if you wear attachment, you are, not, you, are, you are going to hell. You know those folks? If you wear trousers, you are going to hell. If you wear makeup, you are going to hell. You understand? All right? They, they, teach, they teach that you have to perform for you to be justified. Now, Paul is saying that if Abraham's performance was what justified him, then Abraham can boast. Now, look at it again. He says, for if Abraham were justified by works, he had whereof to glory. For he now says, but not before God. For what said the scripture? Abraham believed God. And it was counted unto him for righteousness. How many of you have believed in Jesus here? Put your hand up. You believed in Jesus. Well, it means because you believed in Jesus, it has been counted unto you for righteousness, just like Abraham. It says, Abraham believed God, and it was, account, was counted unto him for righteousness. Now, verse 4. Everybody read one to go. It says what? Now, to him that walketh is the reward not record of grace, but of what? Of death. You see that? So it says that if it was by works, then he can't be saying that it's by grace. 
Because if it was by works, that means when God is, whatever God is giving to the man, it's not a gift, it's a salary. Praise God. All right? But he says, now to him that walketh is the reward not reckoned of grace but of death. But to him that walketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the word ungodly, his faith is counted for what? Righteousness. Now I want you to read verse 6. Everybody, one, two, go. He says what? Even as David also described the word blessedness of the man unto whom God imputed righteousness without works. So that means God calls the man righteous without the man's performance being taken into account. Amen. Now, this is what Jesus brought. This is eternal life. That a man can be declared righteous because he believed in Jesus and not because he behaved well. Are you following? Are you following? If your salvation was dependent on your behavior, you will go to hell. Including me. All of us will go to hell. You know why? Everybody look at me. Have you noticed that what most people have about when it concerns sin is usually the sin they don't commit? Have you noticed? Come on, have you noticed now? And don't be uptight in church now. Free your ah, glory to God. Look at neighbor and say, free your mind, free your mind, free your mind. Relax. You know. Have you noticed? It's the sin they don't commit. So the pastor that does not commit adultery will happen adultery. Now, adultery is wrong, though. And as believers, after we have been saved, we walk in school. But let me, let me talk on this one first before I talk on the other one. Amen. Now, adultery, you know, he's talking about adultery, adultery, adultery. Oh, fornication, fornication. But the pastor may be lying. He won't talk about lying. Uh, amen. Amen. The pastor may be going around with politicians. And collecting seed from them, all right? Money they stole from the people. He won't talk about that one. Are you following what I'm saying? But is it sin? Yes. So it means that if God will mark iniquity, nobody will stand. So that's why salvation was so expensive, so unattainable, that God made it free. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He made it free. He says, look, you cannot, you can't attain to this by yourself. You cannot be righteous by yourself with your effort. No matter of how you, your behavior, it will be nothing to me. All your righteousness is like filthy rag to me. Accept my righteousness I give to you for free. Hallelujah. Look at it. Go back there. Romans 4, verse 6. Romans 4 and verse 6. Look at what he says. He says, even as David also described the blessedness of the man unto whom God imputed righteousness without what? Works. Everybody read verse 7. Verse 7. Everybody read verse 7. He says what? Saying, blessed are those whose iniquities are what? And whose sins are what? Covered. Verse 8. Everybody read. He says what? Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sins. Read it again. For emphasis. Read it again. Let's start from verse 6. Even as what? David. Also described the word blessedness of the man unto whom God imputed righteousness without. So God gives us, you are righteous, but does not look at his performance. Say aloud, I'm righteous. I'm righteous. 
Now, you see, let me tell you something. You need to be able to say that boldly. Say it again. I'm righteous. I'm righteous. Louder. I'm righteous. I'm righteous. Because of Jesus. Because of the blood of Jesus. I am righteous. Glory to God. There are implications for that. It is because you are righteous that you can cast out devils. Do you know that? Do you know that? The man who stands in the place of guilt cannot cast out devils. He can't stand before devils. But the righteous man can stand. The Bible says the righteous is as bold as a what? Lion. But the wicked flee it where no man would. So that means being able to stand in the face of trouble is an attribute of the righteous man. Ayah. Do you understand what I'm saying? Glory to God. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. So he says, saying, blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. What this is saying is like the man sinned, but God will not record the sin against the man. He says that that is a blessing. That's what we received in Christ. The difference between you and the unbeliever is that when the unbeliever sins, his sins is recorded against him. But when you sin, your sin is recorded against Christ. Hallelujah. I'll say that again so you get it. I said when the unbeliever sins, his sin is recorded against him. Because it's not under the blood. All right, praise God. All right. But when you sin, your sin is recorded against Christ. Now the question you're not asking, then why can't I just sin? Since my sins are under the blood. Well, there's a reason why. Because when Jesus saved you, he didn't just forgive you. When he saved you, he put his spirit inside you. And when he put his spirit inside you, he changed your desires. So you are not just the forgiven. You are also a new creation. Look at 2 Corinthians 5. You are not just the forgiven. Amen? You are not just the forgiven. 2 Corinthians 5. I mean, if you are learning some things already. You are learning some things already? All right. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter number 5 and verse 14. We read from verse 14. Wow, we have some kids around. Maybe what we're going to do is maybe we'll look at how we have children in church. What do you guys think? All right, we'll see how we sort that out. Praise God. Amen. All right. Amen. So it says, for the love of God constrains us. Pay attention. Pay attention, guys. Pay attention. Hold on. God is, I, I just saw something. There is someone, the Lord is turning around your business. Your business. Like, this is like a businessman who does like wholesale stuff, like moves goods and things like that. I'm seeing the Lord touching that business. There's going to be a massive turnaround. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And every form of oppression in any life here is arrested now in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. We declare light breaks forth everywhere. In the name of Jesus. Doors opened everywhere. In the name of Jesus. Receive angelic intervention in all that you do. In the name of Jesus. Glory to God. Glory to God. Now, where were we? Where did I say she opened next? 
2 Corinthians 5. He says, For the love of Christ constrains us, because we thought just that if one died for all, then we're all what? Dead. So that means, oh, I can't, if I go there, we will not live in this place. 15 says, And that he died for what? All. So that means Jesus did not die for some people, he died for what? All people. And he died for all that they which live should not enforce what? Live what? Unto themselves. Can you see the implication? Can you see the implication? He died so that we that live will no longer live to ourselves. So I cannot be saved from my sin and be living in sin. Amen? I said amen. I can't be saved from my sin and be living in sin. No, that's not the purpose of my salvation. All right? I was saved to live for Jesus. Amen. He says, and that he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. 16. Wherefore, henceforth, know we no man afterward the flesh. Yet, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now henceforth know we him no more. 17. Everybody read. He says, therefore, if any man be what? In Christ. He is a what? New creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. So you were made a new creature. And this new creature, oh, should I tell you about you? Should I spend some time talking about you? I said, should I spend some time talking about you? Listen, never ever in your life, if you are born again, never ever in your life, look down on yourself. You are beautiful, too beautiful for description. Because you are the handiwork of, of Papa God. Look at 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 23. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 23 says that you are born of the seed of God. 1 Peter 1, 23 says, being born again, not of corrupt... I don't want to quote it, look at it. Are you there? 1 Peter 1, 23. All right? 1 Peter chapter number 1 and verse 23. What does it say? Read it, read it to me. Uh -uh, no, let's read louder. 1, 2, go in unison. It says what? Being born again, not of what? But of what? Incorruptible. By the what? Word of God. That what? Liveth and abideth forever. When he says being born again, not of corruptible seed. Now, the corruptible seed there is referring to, is talking about the seed of your dad, your daddy. Because, all right, you, there, that's the natural life. The natural life is corruptible. And I was explaining in, the, in our Surulary Church earlier this morning, I was telling them that, listen, when the Bible talks about corruptible, corruptible there means subject to decay. Hallelujah. And anything that is subject to decay is under the dominion of time. So, for example, you were 20-something years old last year. You are going to, maybe you were 25 last year. You were 26. Then there will be a time you will be 70. Abby? Amen. And there's a time you'll be 90, right? Now, you notice when you were 90, the way your skin will look, it's not the same way it looked when you were 25, which means that the process of decay is setting in. Are, are, are we together? Are we together? Why? Your skin, your body is the one subject to the process of decay. Why? Because your body is mortal. You understand? So because it is mortal and subject to that process, it decays and grows older. That is corruptible. But he tells us, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible. When he talks about incorruptible, what he's saying there is that that you that has been born again is not subject to time. Glory to God. Now, so because you are not subject to time, you don't grow old in your spirits. Are you following? Are you following? You don't grow old to your, in your spirit. You can't die in your spirit. You have received immortality in your spirit. 
So it says being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the word of God that liveth and what? Abideth forever. So you are born of the word of God. Say, I'm born of the word. Louder, I'm born of the word of God. Point to yourself, I'm born of the word of God. At least when you point to yourself, they say you can't catch COVID. Praise God. But let me tell you, this is how I think. Praise God. You know when I look at this COVID thing, I'm looking at it, how can something be that very highly transmissible? I mean, so I thought about it. That just as one person can infect 1,000 people with COVID, all right, the believer should infect millions with the life of God. Hallelujah. You should infect people with the word of God. Infect people with the Holy Ghost. Infect people with the word of God. You sh- they should plant you in a community. And because you are in that community, everybody in the community is infected with the message. The Bible says, so mightily grew the word of God in the city of Ephesus. And what? Prevailed. You should be that person who is a conduit for the message. You should be highly transmissible. Transmitting the message. Transmitting the power. And transmitting the spirit. Praise God. I said, praise God. So, God, we are born of the word. We are born of the word of God. We have the life of God on our inside. And because we have the life of God on our inside, it has given us a lifestyle. Listen, God did not command us, amen, to a lifestyle. He didn't describe a lifestyle for us per se. What he did was that he gave us his life. That trained us in how to what? Live that life. So the training we receive from the Lord, all right, in walking in holiness, walking in power, walking in sanctification is because he has given us his life. Say aloud with me, I have the life of God in me. Hallelujah. 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 So number one, you are born of God, born of the word. Number two, you are born of the spirit of God if you believe in Jesus. St. John's Gospel, chapter number 3. Turn in there. I'm rounding up now. St. John's Gospel, chapter number 3. Let us start reading from verse 5. If you will awaken to who you are in Christ, there is nothing that can stop you. I'm telling you, nothing can stop you. You always know your way out. You know, you always know your way out. Amen. Look at John 3. And verse 5. Don't want to say one time. What has the church done for the economy? <laughs> First of all, let me just make it very clear to you. Jesus Christ did not die to make you rich. That's not why he died. Jesus Christ did not die so that you can drive a better car. Jesus Christ did not die for you to have a bigger house. That's not why he died. You know, because you see, if you live in this earth, all right, and you have the best cars in the world, best houses, you are going to still live this earth. So if we are not going to carry our houses with us, and we are not going to carry our car with us, it means that all those things are subject to corruption. Praise the Lord. I said, praise the Lord. Now, does that mean that God can provide those things for you? Of course he provides those things, but that's not why Jesus died. You must understand this. Jesus did not die for you to have material you know, things like that. Because what normally happens when we misunderstand this is you now find that you are going to bring materialism into the faith. You will bring materialism into the gospel. Now, you can believe God for things, but do not make that mistake of equating the blood of Jesus' offering, all right, for sin to now be his offering for, for corruptible things and, uh, you know, silver and gold and things like that. Praise the Lord. All right? I've not said God doesn't provide. He provides. Praise God. You can ask the Lord and he'll give you stuff. But don't now say the reason he died is for you to drive a Ferrari. Uh Uh-uh. No. 
Jesus did not die for you to drive a Ferrari. Listen, just go and read about read the Bible. All right, you find that most of the men that catch the fire. You see, this is actually how you know a man is saved. When a man is saved and catches the fire, he will begin to esteem earthly things lightly. That's how you know a man is growing in God. He will begin to esteem earthly things lightly. When a man is always after earthly things, he's not growing. He's not growing. He's not growing. He's not growing. When it's all about, ah, and I need to get it. No, he's not growing. The man who is growing, we begin to say, no, what is more important to me is Jesus and his plan and his purposes. Every other single thing is secondary. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right, St. John's Gospel chapter 3. St. John's Gospel chapter number 3. I think we can, we can close after this. John 3 and verse 5. What does it say? He says, Jesus answered, Verily, very I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. I've explained many times when he says, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. When he says, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, the water there is a metaphor of the Spirit. So when he's saying, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he's saying that, except a man be born of the Spirit. The Spirit there, water is a metaphor for the Spirit. He now says, Pastor, how do you know? Give us more verses. Well, all right, many times in Scripture, water is used as a metaphor for Spirit. For example, if you look at St. John's Gospel, chapter 7 and verse 37, all right, Jesus, the Bible says, Jesus on that glass great day of the feast screamed and said that if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me as the Scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow what? Rivers of living water. He now said, This spake he of the Holy Ghost. For the Holy Ghost was not given, for Jesus had not yet been what? Glorified. So that means rivers of living water was a metaphor for who? The Spirit. Are you following what I'm saying? If you look at St. John's Gospel, chapter number 4, all right, Jesus was talking to a woman by the well. And Jesus said that he spoke, spoke to her in verse 14. He says that if you knew the gift of God, you would ask and I would give you living water. All right. And he says that living water will be in you a well unto what? Salvation. So in scripture, water, living water is usually used as a metaphor for the Holy Spirit. Praise God. Because water cleanses. Water washes. By the action of the Spirit of God, we are washed from our sins. Praise God. All right. We are washed from our sins. So let's continue. John 3, verse 5. And let us look at verse 6. What does it say? That which is born of the flesh is what? Flesh. And that which is born of the Spirit is what? Spirit. It now says, Marvel not that I said unto you, you must be what? Are you seeing that? It says, that which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. So the man who has believed in Jesus is born of the spirit. Say it loud. I'm born of the word. Louder. I'm born of the word. I am born of the spirit. I know what to do because I'm born from above. I know where to go because I'm led of the spirit. I am not confused. Say it with me. I am not confused. I am not confused. I am led of God, for I am born of God. Hallelujah. Never be ashamed to say it. I'm born of God. Now, let me tell you something that is very important. The realm of the spirit responds to words. Amen. The realm of the spirit responds to what? Words. 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 Even though guys in the, in the kingdom of darkness, they know it. I don't know if you have watched some of those Abijah. I don't know if you know Abijah Warabi. You know Abijah Warabi. Those were our action movies. 
Those who were born um, like after 2000 will not understand. But when we were growing up, wait, how many of you know what I'm talking about? NTA Channel 7. How many of you know NTA Channel 7? You watch NTA Channel 7, NTA Channel 7, you understand? Those are the actual movies. NTA Channel 7 never showed you foreign movies and stuff. No. They showed you Abijah. Abijah was our own Arnold Schwarzenegger. Praise God. You understand? That's Abijah. You know? And you find out, when you look at those guys, you see the principle. To consult with spirit, they use words. Because that's how transactions are made. Words. That's why you must be careful what you say. That's why it's important for you to agree with what the word of God has said about you. You must agree. And you don't agree. You say, mm, mm, mm. No, you must agree with words. The Bible says, by your words you are justified, or by your words you are going to be what? Condemned. So when you say, I am born of the word, the realm of the spirit will respond to you. When you say, I am born of the spirit, the realm of the spirit will respond to you. When you say, there is no devil I command to go out that will refuse me, the realm of the spirit will respond to you. Praise the Lord. When you say, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, I stand before God without guilt or condemnation, the realm of the spirit will respond to you. You are what you say you are. God has spoken words about you, you need to agree. Hallelujah. Tell that I'm eternally forgiven. My sins. Louder. My sins. My iniquities. God is not remembering. God is not remembering. Because of the sacrifice of Jesus. Because of the sacrifice of Jesus. Right now, I am a son of God. Amen. 1 John 3, 1. He says, Behold what manner of love the Father has given unto us that, he, what? that we may be called what? The sons of God. Sons of God. Sons of God. Hallelujah. That means God is my daddy. Yeah. He's God to the world. He's daddy to me. He's daddy to you. Hallelujah. Daddy. He's my daddy. The God of the whole universe is my daddy. Hallelujah. Daddy. Angels can't call him daddy. I call him daddy. You call him daddy. Hallelujah. Tell me, God is my daddy. I say, God is my daddy. God is my father. And I am his son. Hallelujah. Listen to me. Never live in the fear of condemnation. Never live in the fear of hell. Never go and say, ah, we don't know where we are going to go to. Don't talk like that. If you have believed in Jesus, we know where we are going. Amen. Some people say things like, ah, and only God knows the people that are serving him. It's not true. All right? God knows the people that are serving him. Then the people that are serving him know. How can you say you're serving and you won't know? If you walk in a place, don't you know where you're walking? Praise the Lord. Don't you know where you're walking? Uh-huh. Hallelujah. Praise God. Say, I know who I am. I know whose I am. Hallelujah. Listen to me. If any believer goes to hell, it would mean that Jesus is there. Because he that is joined to the Lord is what? One spirit with him. That is how serious salvation is. Salvation is not joining a church. Salvation is not that you join the club. No. Salvation is not that you are wearing the clothes that, you know. No. Salvation is that you are joined to Jesus Christ forever. That is why it is called eternal life. It's not temporary life. It is eternal life. It means this is forever. Life without end. If you commit your life to Jesus, that contract is, all right, eternal. There is no, it's not one year. You don't renew after one year. This is not under the law. This is in Christ. It's, it's eternal. 
So that means Jesus will never cast you out. God will never cast you out. Hallelujah. You are with him forever. Amen. He said forever union. So I rest. And you should rest. Knowing that, listen, this salvation, this redemption I've received. I have received it forever. And I will live my life by the power of the spirit in me. Not by my flesh. By the power of the spirit where in me. That's why many believers miss it. When you want to strive to do things that you should do in the spirit, you now want to do it by the arm of the flesh. You will fail. You will fail. Ah, I will stay away from communication. You will fall into it again. You will fall. I will not watch pornography. You will watch it again. It is walking in the spirit that gives you victory over the flesh. So that means you are living your life powered by the Holy Ghost. You have to learn how to do that. And that's what this church is about. We're going to train you in that. All right. Oh, yeah, you walk in the spirit. And as you walk in the spirit, you now find out that you will not live your life subject to the desires of the flesh. Have you been blessed today? Have you been blessed today? All right. Let's rise up on our feet, everybody. We're going to just say these words with me. Then we pray in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Lift your hands towards heaven and say, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Sin has no power over me. Sin has no power over me. God has anointed me. God has chosen me. God has called me to stand perfect complete in his presence to stand perfect and complete in his presence i put devils to flight louder i put devils to flight because i am in jesus christ i put devils to flight i put sickness to flight because i'm in jesus everything i do prospers i prosper in my finances I prosper in my business. I prosper in my marriage. I prosper in my finances. I prosper in my business. I prosper in my marriage. No weapon fashioned against me shall prosper. I win always. I win always because of Christ alive in me. Just go ahead and just worship in him in the Holy Ghost. If you pray in the Spirit, pray in the Holy Ghost, everybody. If you don't yet pray in the Spirit, just say, Father, thank you. I give you praise. Just go ahead. Oh, balako praaksitaha, renon kalisopros frahakashidas. Just go ahead and thank you, oh, thank you, Lord. You have just listened to a message by Reverend Dr. Femi Olalea of Oikea Christian Center. For other messages, visit our website at www.oikeacc.org. Remain blessed.